Welcome to the Calvary Chapel South Bay Sermon Podcast. We are a large, multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Los Angeles, California, and we'd love to have you visit us for a service if you're in the L.A. area. Visit ccsouthbay.org to learn more about us and to find out service times. If you have any questions, shoot us an email at hello at ccsouthbay.org. Enjoy today's sermon, and we hope to see you at church soon. Would you open your Bibles as we always do in this church? Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 12, five verses for us this morning. And the second installment of Great Heroes of Faith. And lo and behold, where are we? But the life of Abraham. As I shared with you, Connie and I were actually, we were actually known as Abraham and Sarah at Calvary Chapel Vista. What a beautiful picture of exactly why it's important for us to continue throughout our lives to take these steps of faith. Steps of faith are not easy. They're not always well-defined. They're not always easily discernible. You, You can't always pinpoint every step And I want you to notice exactly what Abraham was asked to do by God. And when he was asked, how he responded. Because I believe that's kind of where Connie and I currently sit. That's where Chet and Andrea currently sit. We sit at that precipice of, Lord, here we are. Send us, do whatever you want with your church. Help us to be obedient to the calling that you placed on our lives. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you, God, that you would use me, use us, use Connie and I for your incredible purposes. It's the greatest joy and privilege that we have ever known outside of our marriage together and our children. God, this, this is it. You have blessed us beyond measure. And Lord, we want to finish as faithful servants. Please help us to do that. And as we open your word, use it to instruct us as your people. Bless us in the hearing of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 8, by faith Abraham... Obeyed. When he was called out to the place by which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Steps of faith are not just a confirmation of what you already know. They are an act of obedience to what you don't necessarily know. It's not always that God doesn't give us all the steps, or it's not always that God doesn't give us some of the pieces of the puzzle, but it is not a step of faith if the Lord reveals absolutely everything before you go. It is a step of faith when you go without knowing where you're going. Amen? Just so you notice that's what the Bible says. 
That's not a Pastor Jeffism. That's a that's a thus says the Lordism. And the book of Genesis records this man's life. And so great is that usage of his life in Scripture that he's used twice, once by the Apostle Paul, the other by the Apostle James as an example of being a doer of the word. Amen? Doers of the word are doers. They do. And sometimes that causes people to question your sanity. Sometimes that causes people to wonder if you, you know, ate something bad and it's affected your mind. There's all kinds of things that when God says and you go that people may not have all of the information they want. We're in an information age. But steps of faith require that you be obedient, not that you have all the information. And church, I think this is so important for us today. Connie and I are about to take a sixth step, major one, that we've taken in our married life. The last one, I actually know where that one's going to be. It's heaven. We got one more round in us, we believe, where the Lord wants to do something that's going to test us. Cause us to get out of our comfort zone, maybe do something different. The book of Hebrews here just simply explains that Abraham, by faith, obeyed what God asked him to do. I want to be faithful. And I want us to be a faithful church in absolutely every way. Abraham's faith was faith in action. If you read the account there in Genesis chapter 12, he was doing what was uncomfortable. He was doing what was unfamiliar. He was doing what he was unqualified for. Just put an un in front of some word, and that was Abraham. He was unable. He was ill-equipped. He wasn't ready, didn't know. Abraham's faith was faith. He simply trusted God. And church, we need to get back to simply trusting God. We live in a world that has almost taken faith out of the equation for the church. Instead of taking steps of faith, we're asking God, well, if you show me, I'll go. No, that isn't how it works. Genesis chapter 12, the first four verses. Now the Lord said to Abram, this is before he's Abraham, get out of your country. Where was he? He was in Chaldea. The the most advanced, the most prosperous region on the planet at the time. He was living the good life. Everything was rosy. He had flocks. He had fields. He had farms. He had family. And God said, it's time to go, Abraham. Verse 4 says, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And so great was his faith that his family went with. He had faith that acted. It wasn't his works, it was his faith. He simply believed that God had spoken and said, I believe you, I will do it. 
Church, that's the essence. That's what we're seeing in this amazing book. That we would take steps of faith. For some of you, steps of faith is going to be going on a mission trip. For some of you, a step of faith is starting to tithe. For some of you, a step of faith is allowing your marriage to be healed, not giving up. For some of you, a step of faith is going to believe God's plans for your children. He made promises that if you'll raise them in the training, the admonition of the Lord, when they get old, they won't depart from it. Faith is faith. Don't confuse faith with anything else. And faith requires that you act on it. The evidence of that faith is obedience. If you say you believe something, that you're stepping out in faith, you've got to do it. You have to get going. You have to be not a forgetful here, but a doer of the word, is the way James placed it. Faith without works is dead. You know, it would be a lot easier to just kind of rest on our laurels right now. Be easier to just sit and say, isn't it beautiful? The hard part is stepping out in faith. It's stepping away. It's saying, look, that's comfortable, Lord, but let's get uncomfortable for God. I think the church, all of us, can learn some lessons about being a little bit uncomfortable for the Lord. In Abraham's obedience, he had to do what God wanted him to do. And by leaving his home, his assured wealth, his established reputation, he left it to live in a tent. He became a nomad, a Bedouin. He gave up everything to be obedient. True obedience to the Lord requires that you're willing to give up anything the Lord asks. Doesn't mean he's going to ask you to give up everything, but if he asks, it's time. He's got a purpose. He has a reason. We can take heart from this example. That next phase for Abraham... He just simply got ready. He said, I don't even know where I'm going. Think of what happened. From Ur of the Chaldees, which is in the fertile crescent between the Tigris and Euphrates River in modern-day Iraq, he was in Iraq. Look at a map of the Middle East and then see what's between there and Canaan, which is on the Mediterranean coast. You're going to see nothing but one of the world's largest deserts. And Abraham, knowing that his family would need water, took the long way went up the Tigris and Euphrates and into modern-day Syria and across through Turkey and northern Syria, came down through modern-day Lebanon, and when he got there, the land was already inhabited. And he had nothing. Faith is a stepping into the unknown. It's becoming more of a pilgrim and less of a tour guide. Notice what I just said. You know what's really interesting? When you have missions trips to the Bahamas, everybody wants to go. <laughs> We're going to go minister to the people at the Atlantis. <laughs> Not hard to get people to go on that journey. 
It's a tour guide. Like, that's Beyonce's boat right there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying. You know, when you're just a tour guide through the good things of life, it's pretty easy to take those steps. But when that's a poverty-stricken village in a canyon in El Salvador, it's a little different story. Because nobody's going to see you. And if somebody does, they're not going to know who you are. And when you leave, they won't know that you were there. You do it because God said so. Amen? Faith always has us heading out. We've kind of lived that life. We've been periodically in one place and another place. And we've been in a few places for quite a while in ministry. But the fact of the matter is, we're still the Lord's kids. And he should be able to speak to us even in our old age. And say, Jeff, this is me. I'm speaking. Are you going to listen or are you going to go? And my response should still be, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Verse 9. And by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same exact promise. That's the life that we live while we're here. We, we as believers, whether you recognize it or not, the Apostle Paul actually says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, you live in a tent Just to qualify that, that's your body for every last one of you. These tents don't last forever, amen? Any of you who've been around a while, you know that your tent's got a few holes in it. The mice can get in. The rain no longer stays out. The roof leaks. Metaphorically speaking, they weren't designed to last forever. Your tent is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit while you're here. You're one day going to step out of this life, out of time, and into eternity. And you're not going to have any of the problems you have now. Amen? The reason that's important is it allowed Abraham to dwell in a tent now. He realized that whether he was in a tent or a mansion on this earth, he would always have a mansion in heaven. There was a spiritual truth that he understood that this world was not his home. He was just passing through. My treasures indeed are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Amen? That's where my treasure is stored. My treasure is not stored here on this earth. And it doesn't mean that we don't have to, you know, we don't don't need to live lives of abject poverty or any of those kind of things. That's not what the Bible says. But what it does say is that we should be pilgrims and sojourners while we're here. We should be willing Bedouins in this life, recognizing that while we're here, we actually don't own anything anyway. We may think we do. And some of us have been given great stewardship over many things that have tremendous value to the king and the kingdom. But the fact of the matter is, it's the king's stuff. It's the king's money. This is the king's house. I am just a steward and an overseer over the things of God. Doesn't belong to me. Can't take any of it with us. It was designed for here. 
And one day, when we all take our last breath, everything that you currently think you own, somebody else is going to own it about 30 seconds later. (laughs) Amen? Might be your kids or some of your relatives or whatever, but the fact of the matter is, it's all staying here. So get used to the life in the tent. When you travel to Israel with us, when you see the way the Bedouins live, I kind of get a little jealous myself. It's like, look, they can go wherever they want. You know, right now we're tied down to homes and taxes and cars and garages and bills and all those things. And they're like, well, you know, there's no water here. Let's take our goats somewhere else. There's a lot of freedom in being a Bedouin. Being a sojourner, being someone who's willing to wander for the Lord. A nomad for the king. Abraham produced also a family of faith because of the way he lived his life. Acts chapter 7 records there's no inheritance here, not even a foot of ground. But God promised him that he and his descendants after him would possess the land, even though at that time Abraham had no child. There was no children in the picture. But God had made a promise and Abraham believed it and he transmitted that life of faith to his kids. I pray, Connie and I pray, we have been praying for our children since birth. Lord, don't let us mess them up. Any of you parents pray that prayer? Lord, don't let us mess it. Let us teach them a life of faith. Let them show the world what it looks like to actually live like a believer believes what they believe. Amen? Abraham's family was like that. Isaac was like that. Jacob ends up like that. As much as they had mistakes, they, they had all kinds of things you could say that, that didn't work all that well. God's word to Isaac, you can see that in Genesis chapter 26, gives him the same promises. Like, look, we're going to do this thing. God's going to do it. It's up to the Lord. When we seize things that are the Lord's and we take them out of his hands and we try and grip onto them too tightly, the Lord has to teach us some very uncomfortable lessons at times. We don't want God to do that. So we hold on to things lightly, including our own children. We, we hold on to this world and say, God, they're yours. We got to borrow them for a time. But we want them to fulfill everything that you have for them, Lord. And just because Jacob was a conniver, a schemer, didn't mean that God couldn't use him. And it was Abraham's example of returning to the Lord consistently throughout his life that I believe turned the tide in Jacob's life. You know, we're told to let go of those things which are past, right? We're absolutely told to not worry about tomorrow, correct? Jesus said that, take no thought for tomorrow for it has enough trouble for itself But we're also encouraged to look forward to that day that lies ahead when things get really, really good. Amen? So in that case, you can see Abraham here. um, And forgive me for this reference. You know, if you're not a Fleetwood Mac fan, if, if you're not Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks fan, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Amen? 
it'll soon be here. Amen? So in that sense, you're all going to take your last breath. Your tomorrow is actually in heaven. It's not here. It's there. And sometimes we get so focused on here that we stop thinking about there. And if we start thinking about there, we start getting really excited about tomorrow. It will be here. Yesterday will be gone. You, you see, Abraham understood that. He waited, verse 10, for a city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. Amen? He, he didn't stop thinking about tomorrow. He was looking forward to heaven. He was living a life by faith, so he accepted the tent because of what awaited him when he got home. You know, you can do anything for a while, amen, as long as you have hope. Talk to us, any psychologist or psychiatrist, as long as people have hope, they can continue. The moment they lose hope, they will not continue. We have the hope of heaven a building that is made by God for you. That's the one Jesus was talking about. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you might be also. Amen? Amen. Abraham saw that. And he trusted God, even though Jesus had not yet come as Messiah, even though the price had not been paid yet, he believed so deeply in the promises of God that he left Ur of the Chaldees and moved into a foreign land and lived in a tent his entire life because he trusted God for eternity. Do you trust God? you trust him like that? Because we should. Because he truly does have our best interest in mind. He's got a wonderful plan for our lives. That city, Revelation 21, describes for us a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven prepared as a bride is beautifully dressed for her husband. Look, things are going to get radically better. And it's not going to be because we redeem this earth. It's because Jesus is coming again. Amen? He's going to make it good. Do you believe that? I do. It's why I'm not overly concerned with the things that are going on in our world right now beyond the things I should be concerned with, which is preaching the gospel, teaching the word, and doing good things so that people will see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. Amen? Because there, there's no homelessness. There is no disease. There, there's no drug dealers. There's no political parties. There's no earthly governments. There's no oligarchs. There's no godless rulers. There's no godless laws. It's going to be just fine when we get there. So I don't stop thinking about tomorrow. I pull out my Abraham card and say, This, Lord, I believe. As you might imagine, I was a tad bit emotional writing notes for this morning, just kind of thinking, Lord, what do you want me to say to your people? And if you'll give me just one more thing here. Abraham and Sarah were only mostly dead. 
So if you're a Princess Bride fan, you might remember that Miracle Max says, well, there's dead and there's mostly dead. And he's only mostly dead. Abraham and Sarah were only mostly dead. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Church, that's for you today. Maybe you're feeling like God doesn't see what's going on in your life. Maybe you're thinking, this is too much, Lord. I don't know how to handle this. I'm here to tell you that God is faithful. And the trust that you place in him will bear deep and abiding fruit throughout your eternity. You can rest in what he has said and what he has promised. Sarah was thinking, there's just simply no way. Look, Abraham's 100, I'm 90, this is not going to work. But she came to the conclusion that her God was bigger than her problems. That her God was bigger than the things that she couldn't see. That her God was able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that she could ask or think. And so she put her hope and her faith and her trust in an immense God to handle her immense problem. God is always able. And even though Sarah laughed, you know, we kind of knock on Sarah. I've knocked on Sarah. I've talked about her weaknesses. She was still only mostly dead. Because a mostly dead person in the hands of the very living God is very much alive. Amen? You see, you might feel like you're mostly dead today. You you might feel like there's not much left. You might feel like there's no miles left on the odometer. It can't turn anymore in your life. You may feel like your days are limited or over. I'm here to tell you that even though you might be mostly dead, you're very much alive in Christ and have tremendous value to the king and his kingdom. But you have to step out. You have to obey You must listen. We must do this thing called life. That is my desire. And therefore, from one man, check this out. From one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Is God good? Is God able? So if God is good and God is able, even though we are mostly dead, what's the problem? The only problem would be us getting in the way of an awesome God. So let's endeavor to not get in the way of an awesome God. Abraham had been promised, indeed, I will bless you. And I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and the sand of the seashore. And as imperfect as we are, as messed up as we are, as unable as we are at times, 
if you are willing to step into the unknown, no matter how much faith you have, that faith in the hands of a faithful God is sufficient. As you become more of a pilgrim, you're going to take journeys you would have never taken by your own strength. And you're going to be blessed in doing it. And wherever he leads, you can safely follow. The only thing God asks is, will you step out in faith? Church, let's step out in faith. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and we'll pray together. I want to pray over us. Pray a blessing on us. If you need further prayer after service, please go to the prayer room. Father in heaven, we invite you to speak to us, Lord, about the next steps of faith for each of us. Lord, some of us have been staying in one place for too long. And some of us are right where you want us. Some of us need much more faith and some of us need a little more faith. Lord, increase our faith. Build us into a mighty force. Lord, this church would be a beacon to the lost. Lord, it would be a place where the enemy is struck with fear and trembles at the mention of the name of this church and these people. Lord, that he would literally be afraid because of the power of God that works in us to will and to do your good pleasure. Lord, we are blessed to be a part of the work that you're doing on this earth. And we ask that you would do greater things than these in our lives. Lord, help us to take the first step and then the next. Gift us with the things that we need to know and be. Lord, make us into that perfect bride. Lord, ready for when you come. Lord, we desire to see great steps of faith taken by us as individuals and by this church collectively. And we invite you to do that very thing. Get us out of our comfort zone. Help us to step out in faith so that we might accomplish all you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening, and we hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions or just want to check us out, make sure to visit us at ccsouthbay.org. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week.